0: Amen, amen, amen. I, I don't know what I'd do without music. Music, worship to God, is such an amazing thing, and it just lifts us up. I'm going to ask you just to bear with me, and just, I'm going to just quote some scripture to you, and if you could just follow along, you can open your Bibles to Psalm 1. And there is a reason why I'm holding a dead plant and a very lovely live bouquet. hi guys. This was dedicated or at least given by David and Stephanie this morning. So I came in the church this morning. I said, I need a dead plant. And then within like two seconds, they said, we have one. So I ran across the field and got it. Um, All right. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree, firmly planted by the streams of waters. He's like a tree, planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. But the wicked are not so. They're like chaff. They're like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. The Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your words are really all we need to concentrate on. You, Lord Jesus, your words from the Holy Bible. Lord, help us to focus on that on the words that give us life. Your word, your law is perfect, reviving the soul. You revive our souls. Your testimonies are sure, making wise the simple. Help us, Lord, to see that today. In Jesus' name, amen. So Psalm 1, the last verse there, the Lord knows the way of the wicked, sorry, the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So that's what I want to concentrate on this morning. Remember that last verse. If you don't remember anything, remember that. That he's plainly saying this morning in Scripture that if you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have faith in God himself, if you have said to him, I love you, I'm a sinner, I need you, and you put your faith in him, that he died on the cross, rose again on the third day, and you say, I am not worthy at all, but I know that you love me so much that you gave your life for me, then you can count yourself as righteous. But the person who has not put their faith in Jesus Christ, whether they are a murderer or a rapist or just a person who's a really nice person, if they've never put their faith in Jesus Christ, the Bible calls them wicked. And as a church, we have to understand that because we put people in boxes. So this morning, we want to make sure when you leave here today, when you leave here today, are you like this dead plant or are you like this beautiful bouquet filled with faith in Jesus Christ? And only you and God can answer that. I can't do that. So as you leave here today, as you go home today, think about it. And I will tell you something too. I've found it's not a bad thing to be honest. I've found having kids and Linda and I being married and watching our kids grow up, a crisis of faith is not a bad thing. Saying, I don't know, is not a bad thing. It's a good thing to be in that place to say, Lord, I'm not sure, I need your help. So just think about that today. If you don't remember any other babbling I do up here at all, just think of the dead plant, think of this thing, this beautiful bouquet, which I actually don't think is real. (laughs) Now that I think about it, because it... (laughs) All right, so I'm going to move my way up, and I have a story for you. So this morning, Emma and I were sitting down. I had my notes out, and she looks at it, and it says, don't take your shirt off. She's like, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh, Dad, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Don't take your shirt off, it says. So I, I didn't tell her because I wanted her to be really nervous, It's a story about when I was younger. So we went canoeing with the Boy Scouts. My dad was going. It was really exciting. exciting, And so my brother Joe was going. But I couldn't go with my dad. My dad had to go with my brother Joe. My dad had just some words of wisdom for me. And he said, do not take your shirt off. Do not take. Look at you, Mark. Look at your skin. Look at your head. Don't take your shirt off. I said, okay, Dad, I will not take my shirt off. So I get in the canoe. We're going the Delaware Water Gap. We go through Skinner's Falls. And it's the most beautiful day. It's wonderful. And I start to listen to myself. Mark, take your shirt off. Why not? So I did not listen to my father. And I took my shirt off. And I didn't think of anything of it at all. I, before I got back to camp, I put my shirt on so my dad wouldn't know. And then all of a sudden, I didn't feel that well. I mean, I didn't feel like I didn't feel well. Like blah, didn't feel well. All over the place. And I, I looked back and I saw this pink fluorescent coloring on my shoulders. And I could actually see like the blisters starting to bubble up on my shoulders. I had the worst case of sun poisoning. I wound up in the tent for like two days, missed the whole trip. My father said, do not take your shirt off. He wasn't saying it because he wanted to be mean. Don't have fun. He was saying it because if you take your shirt off, you're going to be in big trouble. And I was in massive trouble, missed the trip. But I can tell you, I remember laying in the tent and I was frightened. Not because I thought, I had to go to the hospital or not because I thought I was going to throw up more. I was frightened of what my father was going to say. I was so scared. I think of Adam and Eve when they're hiding in in the garden. I was hiding in that tent. I'm like, here I am hiding. So I just want to start off by telling you that. And we're going to look at the first verse. So Emma, now you know why I wrote, don't take your shirt off. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Blessed is the man who, who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. God starts out this psalm by telling us what not to do. Don't do these things, and he says, blessed is the man. Blessed is the young person, the woman, the man, the person that he's created. Blessed is the man who does not do these things. Just like I should not have taken my shirt off. Blessed is the man. And blessed here, here means, and I know we've all heard it. We've heard preachers say it. Um, happiness is fleeting. Happiness is something that can come one day. And then the next day it's gone. And I've shared this with you. Happiness is a bowl of ice cream to me. And then if the ice cream's gone, I'm sad. And we all talk about joy. Joy in Christ. But the word here, blessed, it means happiness. It means happinesses. It's plural. You can have, if you have faith in Jesus Christ, your happinesses are more than one. Count your blessings. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. So when you think about a blessed man, God's starting here saying, don't do these things. And it says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor sit in the seat of scoffers or stand. I messed that up. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. So basically what's happening here is there's a progression. So God is saying that the world out there that I told you is, is wicked There's a lot of information that we get. So he's saying, as a believer, God's just putting it plain out there. As a believer, as you're listening to the world, you don't want to start walking in the counsel of the wicked. You don't want to start listening to the world. You don't want to start saying, wow, that maybe, maybe they have something there. And then you start walking in it. And then he says, you don't want to stand all of a sudden in the middle of it and start congregating with all the sinners and the wicked people saying, you know what? Maybe Jesus Christ is not the way. And politics nowadays, and I'm not even going to get into it, but they're starting to use the name of Jesus. They're starting to mention Jesus more and more. And somebody showed me, I think it was Nick Cameloni, showed me something saying that Jesus is not good enough. We have to do better than what Jesus did. So are we going to stand and listen to them and say, wow, maybe there's something to that. And then all of a sudden, are we just going to sit, sit, And then you know what a scoffer does? He's just not walking. He's just not standing. I don't believe in that stuff. And then he starts being very vocal. And you could see that in our world. But God is saying, don't do these things. Don't listen to the counsel of the wicked. I just went to a conference yesterday for my bank. And this sounded good. Actually, it didn't sound good to me but I think it sounded good to the people who were listening. And the person said that she was in politics, and she, she said, I have one of the, the question was, what are the greatest accomplishments that you've ever done? She said, one of the greatest accomplishments that I've ever achieved is that I was able to pass legislation that uh, anyone who needs an abortion can have an abortion. She said, that's one of the greatest things that I've ever done. And she said, wait, 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 but not on top of the fact that I've had children. And I thought, I sat there and I said, that doesn't make any sense. In one way you're saying, I'm giving the ability to people to be able to take life away. And then on the other hand, the greatest thing I've ever done is given life. So for me, it doesn't make a lot of sense of what's out there. And God is saying that don't do these things. Don't walk. Don't stand and don't sit in the council of the wicked. Another thing that, I, that had happened to me when I was younger, and I love my parents and they wanted me to be well-rounded and to know all about the world. And they did such a great job of it. And one of the things that they did for all of us is to make sure that we knew what our astrology sign was. So I was born in January, so I'm an Aquarius, and my dad and my mom gave me this album. And the album had, it actually said, it was like a Beatles album, like a vinyl, and it said Aquarius on it. And I could put it on the record player, and I could play it, and I can listen to it. It'd tell me why I'm here, how I got here, what my purpose in life is, which obviously is not true. But the world listens to the wisdom of the world. That is wicked. And you could follow that your whole life and be so disappointed. I mean, if every, all you live for is every Sunday to open the paper and to see what your sign is and what it's saying for the week and what's going to happen to you. So God, again, is saying that that is the way of the wicked. It's not just somebody who turned around and murdered somebody or robbed a bank. It's somebody who does not have faith in our Lord and our Savior. But the other thing about it is that I always think about, I could sound pretty cold right now. There's the righteous, there's the wicked. They're over here, we're over there. I by far, if, and I say this all the time, if you knew what I was like before I came in this church, you'd say, get out. Wicked, wicked thoughts, wicked actions. So when we're looking at this, we have to say, we can't just say, okay, the world is wicked and we're over here. Let's go to New Village and hang out at New Village and have fun with New Village people and just don't hang out with the, with the world. We need to have compassion and love and grace and mercy because we are just like them. I woke up this morning and I sinned in my mind and my thought. I came in here about 20 times, so I'm just asking myself and asking God to help me to have compassion and not just say, wow, you're wicked, don't want to have anything to do with you, and I'm going to come hang out with the people of the church and my life's going to be wonderful. So God is saying, don't do these things, but at the same time, we need to have the message to them that someone gave to us. Matthew 7, 13 to 14 says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. For those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life and those who find it are few. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And I always say, if you don't remember anything else that I said, remember this, so remember that. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the life, and I am the truth. No one comes to the Father but by me. So, God doesn't stop there. He doesn't just say, okay, don't do these things. He says, don't do these things, but this is what you should do. And verse 2 says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. Think of it this way. The world would say meditate, and if you're going to meditate, you're going to empty yourself, completely empty yourself. But God would say, don't empty yourself, fill yourself with the Word of God. Fill yourself with me. Fill yourself with the Holy Spirit. Ted Tripp said, "We're, we're, we're actually reading the Bible not to master the Word. You know, I've been so proud of myself, and I told Walter this. I was just walking around like, I'm the best Christian ever. I have learned about 60 verses in about three months. Walter gave a sermon, and I was so inspired to be a better Christian. To be a better man of the Word of God. And then I, I realized that's not good enough. I know a lot of scripture. Maybe I should know more, but I've been meditating on it and thinking about it. But that's not, I need to have whatever I've now got in my heart, got in my mind. I need that to master me. I need that to show me the way and what I should do every day. And trust me, I work in a bank and I'm a manager of a branch and I have employees under me and I just think everyone should love me and um, I'm the greatest boss in the world and I should never have any problems and uh, everyone should get to work on time and never take off, never call in sick, never gonna happen. And so everyone's world, you all have your own thing. You came in today, every single one of you have your issues, have your problems, have things that are probably weighing you down if we hide God's word in our heart, it truly will guide you to God. Not that, you know, your problems are going to go away, but that it will draw you closer to your Lord and Savior. It's going to draw you closer to him. So all those issues and all those problems that seem like, I'm never going to get through it. I'm never going to get around it. God just destroys them all and you could walk through but it only happens what i've found sometimes it's day by day but a lot of times it's second by second for me it's not just day by day it's like oh, i i need you right now lord and i and when i remember i pray to him and he he helps me elmer towns was one of the co-founders of liberty university and i got a chance to hear him speak and just a man of wisdom um and he writes lots of books about praying through scripture you know, taking scripture and praying through it. And one of the scriptures he loves to pray through is the Our Father. It says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, their trespasses, neither will your father forgive their trespasses. Your trespasses. So Elmer Towns, I believe the story goes, had a secretary. And she was reporting to somebody else as well. And she came to Elmer Towns and said, I can't do it anymore. I just can't get along with this person. He, he's not nice. And every time I go and sit with him, it, it's just not working out. So he counseled her and said, this is what you should do. Before you meet with this person, you should say the Our Father. Just say it. Memorize it and say it before you go and sit with this person. And of course, as we all do when we get counsel, sometimes we follow it, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we think it's great, sometimes we don't don't think it is. And I I don't know what was going through her mind, but she tried it. And she, she memorized the Lord's Prayer, she said the Lord's Prayer, she went in and sat with this person, and it, slowly but surely, she came to Elmer Townsend and said, I, I no longer have negative thoughts for this person. I could sit with them. I, I, I don't. If she had hate for them, there's no more hatred. You know, the, the word of God is able to do that in our lives. And every single one of us here has a person here who presses your buttons. I promise you, there's a person that presses your buttons. And there's a person in your life that you're like, I just don't want to be around them. What do you do? What do you do if you have to be around them? Go to the Word of God. Pray through the Word of God. One of the things I, I did that, uh, you know, you shouldn't text when you drive. You shouldn't look at your phone when you drive. So, I guess it was like 30 years ago, so you would have seen me driving on, um, on 495 at the steering wheel, with the Bible, on the steering wheel, doing this, driving about 70 miles an hour, which I, was, I couldn't get enough of the Bible. I, could, I couldn't get enough of it. Don't ever do that. First of all, you don't remember what you're reading. You have to keep going like this. But do you remember when you first became a believer? Do you remember when you first said, I love you, Lord, and somebody gave you a Bible, and, and they gave you the most precious thing that you've ever held in your hand? The Word of God. Do you remember that? And do you remember how you just couldn't put it down and you had to keep reading it and reading it and reading it? And of course, that sometimes goes away when you're living in life. But do you remember that? That's what God is saying. He wants us to be able to know that these are the things that you do. Meditate on His Word. Think about it. Now here's the picture of what it looks like to be a righteous person, a a blessed person, not of yourself, but of God. He says in verse 3, he's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does, he prospers. Man, I want to be like that tree. But the truth about the tree is, is that a little seed didn't come out out of another tree and just fall, and you just started growing. God planted you. You were dead in your sins. God made you alive through the Holy Spirit. And then he re- it's like he replanted you. He took you, replanted you by his streams of water that gives you life so that your roots go so deep that when the storms of life come, that when the doctor does said, say, and I know there's so many here, you have cancer, that you know your life here, is not going to be that long, maybe. That when, when all of a sudden I've had this happen, when the boss looks at you and says, Hey, I like you, but goodbye. When, when things happen every day, the, those roots go so deep, the storms are going to come. This is not a picture of a tree just sitting there with no, no uh, weather. There's weather, and it's going to come, and it's going to come to you. The picture of a righteous, blessed person is somebody who has God's word deep inside their heart so that when the daily things come, no matter what it is, that you are being renewed by the, by the word of God and the Holy Spirit. He's like a tree planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and all that he does he prospers. I don't care if you drive an Audi. If you drive a BMW, I don't. that's not what God is talking about. He's not talking about if you have a huge house. He's not talking about that. The prosperous person in Christ is a stable, stability. That tree's not moving. When the world could look at you and say, that's a stable person who loves the Lord. Not, wow, they go to Disney World every six weeks. That's not what he's talking about. I don't know anyone who goes every six weeks, but. And, I, and I'm not going to name names. I will not do it. But I am truly, I am a blessed man for being here at New Village. And what God is talking about is that people who have, I told you, the roots go way down. They're like a tree planted by the streams of water. So I'm not going to name names. And it, it doesn't have to be, it could be a young person all the way up to an older person, but I'm specifically thinking in my mind of the senior saints we have here at New Village, that I have been able to be here for 30 years and to watch these people like trees planted by the streams of water, which yield its fruit in its season. It doesn't mean that they have the material things of this world or anything that the world offers, but it does mean that they have Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and they are faithful no matter what happens. And then I could look at them and say, I want to be like them. I want to be like a person like that. And we have that here at New Village. We have that so much, and I know you know we do. They are filled with the fruit of the Spirit, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and Kindness. If you spend any time here at New Village, you will see that, especially from the senior saints. Now, unfortunately, unfortunately, God is very honest. So when you look at Psalm 1, and I pray you look at it when you get home, because I, I tend to, I could babble and I could say a lot of things and you probably won't remember most of them. But when you go home, just look at Psalm 1, and it's, it's split up. There is the way of the righteous and the way of the wicked. And I don't even want to talk about the wicked. I don't want to talk about death. I don't want to talk about that part. But it does say, does say the wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. So what God is talking about here is that the wicked are useless. They are dead. So, so take a picture of when they take grain and they take wheat. It's alive. They throw it in the air, and the dead part of it comes off, and that's the chaff. When they throw it in the air, the wind comes, and the chaff just goes all over the place. It is useless. It is dead. That's what God is talking about the wicked, that there's nothing good about them. And if you don't remember anything else, I keep saying that. I keep saying if you don't remember anything else, there's like 10 things you have to remember, that the wicked are separated from God. That is the worst punishment you can ever have in your life. When I think about Linda and I, I think about going to California a couple of times, and I don't know how many times we've been separated. It hasn't been a lot. I can't stand it. I cannot stand to be away from her. I don't like to go away and not be with my wife. Imagine what it's like to be separated for all eternity from your Creator, from your God, from the one who has redeemed you through the blood of Christ. So there's only two ways. And, and my fear right now, because I'm done, this is probably the shortest sermon I've ever done. <laughs> I have no idea what time it is, but I just realized I went through all my notes. But I will tell you that there are two ways. There are two ways. There's the wicked and there are the righteous. Now, I also tell a lot of stories and I'm smiling because I am the worst driver in the world. I am the worst driver, and I've, I've come pretty close to not being here because I, I drive very poorly. I don't know, you probably see me leaving church. and I, Not a show of hands, but I am a bad driver. And I bring that up because I've told so many stories about me driving, and I was thinking about how can I tell a story about life or death? And, of course, it's when Mark Harrigan is driving. And it's not a good thing. So if I've told this story before, I apologize, but I have so many of them. So we were coming home from vacation, and I'm sitting, I'm not, I was sitting and I was driving, and as I was driving, I decide, as I'm getting onto the um, Pennsylvania Turnpike, car's going this way, and I decide I need my headphones. I need to be able to listen to music when I'm driving. So I'm actually merging onto the Pennsylvania Turnpike and I and I go like this. So now we're still driving and I'm still merging. I think I don't remember who was in the cars, but there was a car following us, my mother in law, my son, all my kids, my wife, everybody. It's like a caravan, we're going home. And now my head is in the glove, whatever that thing is, and I'm 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 looking, and as I'm merging onto the traffic. Now I didn't get the vantage point that the car behind me got to see. I only got the story, but what I understand is I had my head down here, and I think my mother-in-law was here, and the car was going in, and there just happened to be an 18-wheel Mack truck coming straight down the road, and there's no shoulder. You don't actually merge on. You stop and wait and see if there's any traffic coming. Then you go on the highway, but me with my head in the glove compartment, driving onto the road, all of a sudden I look up and hear, Ah! We are, it was like sparks flying in a movie. We were against a wall, and I look over here, and there is a Mack truck next to me. Now we're both driving, and uh, life or death. I was not looking where I was going. I had my head in the box looking for headphones, and I almost killed my whole family. And I, I know that I'm saying it in like a joyful way, but trust me, i and I'm serious, I didn't, I actually didn't sleep for like two nights after that, just thinking I, I could have killed them all. But I wasn't looking, and I guess my point to that is there are two ways. There's life and death, spiritual life and death. I just, I beg you, please, make sure that if you're not sure, that you're asking God, you know what, God, I'm not sure, show me. Because the only one that can really, truly, truly show you about your heart and about your soul this is not Mark Harrigan. I can't even figure out my own life. God is the only one who could figure out your soul. And he's already given Jesus for you. And at the end, I think it's appropriate just to, to read some scripture. So I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. I'm going to read some scripture and then I'm, I'm just going to close. But if you can do me a favor, if you could just kind of forget about everything else, take three deep breaths, close your eyes. If you're snoring, we won't say anything. It's fine. I'm going to just read through Scripture. I'm just going to, I picked out some verses. I'm just going to read it. And then I'm going to close in prayer. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who receive him, but to all who receive him, who believed in his name, He gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of the man, but of God. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish." Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your holy word that is is able to revive the soul, that is true and sure. Lord, help us to go to your word when we need it, Lord not just where we need it, but every day to meditate on it and to trust in it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. We thank you for these words, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.